Welcome to the More Than Just a Type podcast, a place where we explore what it takes to live your best life. I'm your host, Taja Cato, expert in type 1 diabetes and fat loss, entrepreneur, and lover of all things fitness and personal development. Each week, we'll bring you a tangible tool, tip, or insight that'll inspire you and empower you to take action, achieve your goals, and live your best life. Dude, I don't know what has been with Wednesdays lately, but, or no, sorry, not Wednesdays, Thursdays. I'm literally, I don't even know what day it is right now, but for the last few weeks, I've had such issues with my Dexcom and my pump because with the tandem and the Dexcom, they read each other. And so yesterday I, or whatever day. I don't even know what day it is right now. Well, it would have been yesterday. Yeah. So by the time this podcast airs, this episode airs, we're already going to be like far in the future. So um, anyways, I had to replace my Dexcom site and then I put on a new one, but then it, it didn't read with my, with my pump and my pump got this like error code. Um, so I just got off the phone with Tandem. Like it happened before bed. So I was like, screw it. You know what? I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go to bed. And I like having them reading with each other because I like having the basal IQ. So part of my brain is like, well, if the basal IQ isn't working, what's the point in having a pump? <laughs> Cause it helps me so much, but that's just, um, my tired brain last night and the night, and I was tired because the night before my Dexcom decided to tell me that I was low all night when I wasn't. So it was like continuous, just no sleep. And I finally just ripped my site off in the middle of the night, but that is in the past. It doesn't matter. Those times happen. If you are riding the struggle bus or you have been, or you have wacky days with your technology, you are not alone. But anyways, I got off the phone with Tandem just now. I had to pause as I was talking to them. Cause I was like, I do not want to miss this call. And she walked me through reconnecting the, um, let me just grab my thing so I can tell you what, what was happening. So uh, she walked me through how to, how to reset it. So the one thing that I was doing wrong because I, I ended up rebooting my pump, but the one thing I was doing wrong is I was not waiting 20 minutes before restarting my sensor on my pump. So I, I'm super impatient all the time. My boyfriend makes fun of me. So I, yeah, I, well, I didn't know either that you were supposed to wait 20 minutes. So note to self and note to you, if you ever have a malfunction code 255, where your Bluetooth hardware cannot connect to your transmitter on your pump, that when you reboot your pump on using the Tandem T-Slim and you go to reconnect your CGM, you have to wait 20 minutes. So I hope that that is helpful to you. On today's episode, it, today's episode is going to be a little bit different than usual because what you're going to be listening to is a Facebook or sorry, not Facebook. I'm barely ever on Facebook an Instagram live that I did with my friend Ben. And if you don't know Ben, he is an online dietitian and he helps people with type one diabetes transform their bodies and their blood sugars. So he, we, we joke sometimes cause he's basically like the male version of me, except I'm not a dietitian. 
it's so funny too because so uh my boyfriend herman he does all of the editing for this podcast um which he's just so amazing but it's funny because he he's like he always gives like such good feedback for everything which i really appreciate um and it's it it made me laugh the other day because he's like yeah, maybe, maybe you shouldn't say like so much because <laughs> of this live. And I listen to, when I listen to it back, I'm like, wow. Yeah. Like, I guess I do like say, um, say like a lot. And then it's, it's always fun when you listen, listen to your voice or you just kind of critique certain things. But I am truly grateful to have someone that can pin, like tell me <laughs> what, when something sounds a little bit odd. And I wanted to share this one with you because we just answer questions on diabetes and nutrition and exercise. And there was a bunch of questions that came in. And so I'm just giving you the heads up that it is from Instagram that because if, if like I'm, something doesn't make sense, if we're like answering a comment or something or like a question that came in live, then you know that it was actually done in live time. So that is why it's going to be a little bit different, but it's going to be fun for you to listen to because it's just getting, just getting a couple points of view on how to manage your sugars with exercise and nutrition and all of these kinds of things. So I think, I think you will enjoy it. And Before we dive in, as always, this episode is brought to you by my Fat Loss for Type 1s course. And guys, we are less than a month away from the doors opening for enrollment. And I'm so excited. So if you have been thinking about joining or if it's been on the back of your mind, if you want to lose weight this year and you want to keep your blood sugar stable and you just don't really know where to start with managing your sugars with exercise, like what workout to do, what foods you should be eating. If you feel lost with nutrition, like what do I even eat? Or if you don't know how much food you should be eating to achieve your fat loss goals, like how much protein, fats and carbs, how many calories your body needs. We cover everything inside the course. So you're going to love it. And if you want to enter for your chance to win, there's still a couple weeks that you can do that. And just go to diabeticfitnessworld.com forward slash win. And I'll also post that in the show notes. And guys, this episode is completely free to listen to and there's no ads or anything to take away your listening time. And all I ask is for you to subscribe and leave me a review if you feel called to do so. Like if you enjoy this episode, please share some love because it ensures that this episode will reach all of the people who are in need of hearing this information. And at the very least, maybe you can tell a friend or post it on Facebook or just share it with someone and share the love because that's the goal. That's the goal is to reach as many ears as possible and to get this information into everyone's hands who needs it. All right, now let's go ahead and dive into the live. Hey guys. So as promised today, me and my twin Ben are going to be answering some of your questions on live. And Ben is the online dietitian who helps you transform your body and your blood sugars. And if you're new here, my name is Taja and I help people with type 1 diabetes lose weight. So I don't know if you can hear, but I'm a little bit nasally, like just kind of getting over a cold. Oh, hello. (laughs) How's it going? Oh, the it's life like, is just, it's spectacular. It's like, are you in my apartment right now? Because our backgrounds are the same. I mean, it's like you copied me or something like that. <laughs> Doesn't that seem to be a common theme in our it life? It does. 
It's like you're just in the next room. Um, I mean, you probably are. Like, I have a second bed and you're probably in there. And it's like, why are you being so weird? I know. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh, my God. So That would actually have... freak me out a little bit. Because I'd be like, how did you get in here? <laughs> I know. It's like, hello? <laughs> Oh, so like, yeah. would I kick you out? I don't know. <laughs> Before we start, are, I should know this, but are you from Minnesota? I am or, from Wisconsin. Okay, because someone asked me, and I was like, I somewhere like I think so. Somewhere up there, up yonder, and then I escaped and to never go back again. Yes. Pretty great. Okay. <laughs> I live in the great state of Florida. My name is Ben Zeal. I am a registered dietitian, certified strength and conditioning specialist, and I love diabetes because I've had it for almost 20 years yes when's your diversity August 23rd okay we're coming up so I will be celebrating my 20th which is nuts that's crazy I just celebrated my 20th and what did you do um what did I do I can't remember I didn't do anything crazy it wasn't very memorable no I think I just like acknowledged that it was there (laughs) I planned to eat something crazy you did I'm going to, but okay. I, I don't know what. You're going to have to think of something good. Because mine, I don't know the exact date. Otherwise, I would have, like, you know. So. We are here, and we are going to answer questions, drop knowledge, and, I mean, just have a great time. Because <laughs> what else happens when you've got Ben and Taja in the same place at the same time? There's always excellence. There is. So what do you, for to start with, I guess, because I know you had a couple of questions come in. I had a question or two come in. Do you want yeah. to start with one of your questions and then we just kind of go back and forth? How do you want to do that? Yeah, let's do that. And then if anyone has questions, who's on live, holler. Absolutely. They can. <laughs> they can. Um, How did we meet? We met on Tinder. No, I'm totally kidding. <laughs> um, I love messing with people. No, um, we met on the gram. Yeah. I feel How like that's where a lot of... Um, where like all my type one friends are it's like i met them all on the gram yeah i mean you you came on the gram and you messaged me one day and asked if i wanted to be like a cool kid in the diabetes world and i said (laughs) sure and lo and behold here i am yeah it's a pretty good community it's a really nice community i mean honestly like real talk for everybody watching it's something that you you might be able to get it locally and there's probably people locally that live near you that you don't know exist but you can find on the gram but there's just so many opportunities in such a supportive welcoming place especially if you're new in the game or if you're not and you just want someone that gets it this community gets it and yeah you guys are so amazing too i had one because i was out of my dexcom for two weeks i didn't tell you but one girl messaged me she's like hey like i can send you one and i was like oh my god but i got my order so it was good but i'm like we're all like family and I was thinking about this this morning we're all like family but we've never really met each other but it's like I feel closer to some of these people than I do with anyone else it's weird because you have an instantaneous bond you see someone with the Dexcom out and about and you're instantly friends it doesn't matter like they could be the strangest person ever but they have a Dexcom there for your friends yeah it's kind of what happened with you you know I saw you and then you were strange but you know I still was like let's be friends (laughs) I guess I'll be friends with her I guess like you have diabetes it's all good um Okay, so I have, I'm, I'm just reading my questions for the first time now. Um, so we'll read them together. Mm-hmm. The first one is, how do, great. You, Let's find out the how do you treat a low during a workout? How do you treat a low during a workout? So, I mean, if we go diabetes 101, you're looking at 
everyone will say, take your 15 grams of fast acting carbs or drink your 22 carb Gatorade that's 12 ounces or whatever other stuff. Basically, you just want, you want your goal is to get back into the game or back in the workout or whatever you're doing as fast as possible. So you want the fast acting carbs, the fast acting glucose, like refined sugar sources and liquid gets absorbed faster than solid, obviously, from a digestion standpoint. So that's why people love Gatorade and juice and glucose tab and all that, or glucose gel, that's what I meant, because it's quickly absorbed. However, people have Skittles. You don't need glucose tabs. People can have Skittles or Smarties, something quick. And everyone will say, oh, you're supposed to have 15 grams and wait 15 minutes. And honestly, you might not need 15 grams. You might need 20. You might need 25. But it depends on you. I was thinking about that, too, today because um, I noticed, like, my blood sugar, like, back in the day, it was 15 or 20. But now I'll take one glucose tablet. Like, if I go low or if I'm dropping, I'll have one mid-workout. And then sometimes one is all I need, especially if I'm lifting weights. And then... Sometimes I need to, but if I go right in with 15, then I'm like super high. Yeah, because you can rebound really easily, especially during a lift because you're depleting yeah. all your, your liver's dumping out all the glycogen. And so then your body says, oh, I'm going low. Whoop, there you go. And you end up 200 because you had one tab because your liver's already taken care of it. Yeah, which is also interesting, too, because it's like depending on what you're like, what kind of workout, right? Like if you're lifting weights or are you doing cardio, like you might need more. Well, and that's the thing, like sometimes there have been times if it depends on even the cardio, if you're doing a sprint cardio versus you're doing a interval cardio versus a long distance cardio, it's three totally different situations. And like, I've had times where my blood sugar is 90 going into a workout, but I know I'm going to go up because of the style of workout. And I watch myself climb to 150. Yeah. So it's very, and then yeah. it's like, if you're working out for a double long, it's like, then that's a whole nother ball game too. Cause I'll start dropping like mid for like after someone asked if we get high when we lift weights and mm -hmm. i would assume they mean blood sugar and I then the other one the other the, thing. Other, the other one is what carbs are best to prep before hitting the gym so let's do um carbs before the gym first okay in this situation you don't necessarily need carbs if you're gonna have carbs that'll help your performance mm -hmm. it's gonna depend when you eat them the closer to the workout the more broken down you want them to be so because you're gonna want them to hit your bloodstream faster for the purpose of performance because obviously if you eat something that's going to digest in 90 minutes you're not going to want to eat it 30 minutes before and then not mm -hmm. even have it affect you until you're already done so in that case fast acting carbs if you're farther out you can get away with like more of a complex carbs so like a like whole wheat bread sweet potato type thing i would say protein's a reasonable option you don't have to have protein but it's not a bad option what do you think yeah i think well for me personally i'll always have like a complex carb snack before the gym like an hour before and then I'll set a temp rate but sometimes I walk to the gym so then I'll have to set my temp rate even earlier and like eat some quick carbs otherwise I'm eating glucose tablets like before I even start lifting weights and I'm if so I don't it's like so finicky finicky because if I don't time it properly too like I'm screwed so so the big point I think you brought up there is timing so in terms yeah. of well, timing and also you just showed how you have one kind of carb at one time versus another kind of carb at another time because it makes such a difference as to when it's going to really affect your blood sugar because of the rate of digestion and because of like the type of, I mean, if you're having something 15 minutes before versus having something an hour, hour and a mm -hmm. half before, huge. You get high when you lift weights. and I do, definitely. That definitely can be an issue. Um depending on how heavy you're lifting and then of course the duration and then 
happening at what time of day. There's like a million different factors that go into what happens to your blood sugar when you lift. Although I will say people do, and I have done it myself, you, you can tank when you're lifting weights. It's, yeah, it happens. It's, it's, I, yeah, found like, depending on what, you're, what you've done earlier that day too. Like if I've been outside and active, then I'm gonna be so much more insulin sensitive when I do start lifting. But sometimes I'll bolus when I lift weights. So sometimes you have to bolus because yeah. again, your liver dumping that extra glucose, you're going to go up. And I've had times where I've gone for me personally from 90 to 350 from just my liver dumping glucose. Cause at the time I didn't understand that. And it took a while to figure out, Hey, you have to do a little something. So your blood sugar doesn't go boom. Yeah. It's so, so crazy. And then do you find your blood sugar goes up or down in the heat? Like um, if you're, heat, I right? get let's say you're the sensitive. You do, yeah. Me too, but I've heard other people go hot, go the other way. And I again, it depends on everybody. Like I know for cold weather, some people tank, some people go really high. Um, it really is dependent on you and the circumstances. And the important part is figuring out what works best for you. It might work, what might work for me might not work for you. But yeah. So it's all, it's very individualized. And that's something I really try to promote with the people that I work with is, hey, just because 80% of the people do something doesn't mean that it's going to happen for you as well. Yeah, and just taking the guidelines, which is also so crazy, too, because it's like, too bad we can't just have one set plan. that's like, okay, this works for everyone. But it's just not oh. the case. It's like, <laughs> here's a million things that could happen. Well, and that's how a lot of the, the endocrinologists try to promote it. They try to act like everyone's the same. And it just doesn't work like that. Like, I mean, there are people, I think I said this in one of my IGTVs, like you're giving kids that are 10 recommendations that are getting the same as a 50 year old. Like yeah. that's not how it works. They're very different stages of life. They're very different people. They have different needs and it's a guy versus a girl. Like there's so many pieces in the puzzle you have to balance. And I think that people try to put everyone with diabetes into the same box and it doesn't work like that. Yeah. And he's, do you ever wonder too, like for people who are in the, like healthcare, like CDEs and stuff that don't have diabetes. Like, I mean, every, they're like knowledgeable regardless, but if you don't have diabetes, it's like just picturing on how I would, you know, give someone treatment decisions, but it's like having it, I think I could be a little bit more like give them like things that other people might not recommend, like a little bit like you're living on the edge because it's like, you know, don't have 15 grams of glucose to raise your blood sugar, have like one gram or, or four grams, you know? Well, and, and like my girlfriend, I'll call it like rogue diabetes because she's a pharmacist. And yeah. so she, she learned from what they learned in school, but then she'll see me do it. And she'll be like, so this is what it's actually like. And I'm like, yeah, because <laughs> if you don't live with it, like you don't have diabetes or you don't live with someone who has it, you don't understand it. And even the people that live with someone who has it, they kind of get it. They get it more than the average person, but they don't understand completely because, again, they're not living with it. They don't understand what you're going through. Yeah. No, definitely. It's crazy. So, I mean, and then um, there was one question on here I wanted to address for sure. <laughs> um, one person said, do you ever flip your training, going back to the training, from cardio to anaerobic or the Ooh. other way around based on where your sugars are? So, basically – I would assume that means do you ever switch the order of lifting and cardio based on your number? Um, from I, like, yeah, you go, you go. I have, I, I have my own personal opinion. Yeah, I, um, I will if I'm high before I work out, I'll do a warm up on the treadmill. Like normally, I don't warm up doing cardio, but I'll throw in like a low intensity workout or warm up, and then I'll lift weights just to bring it back down a little bit. 
Um, but then if I am doing cardio that day, I'll always do it after my, my training. So yeah, from a strict training perspective, you're always supposed to do cardio mm -hmm. after every yeah. single solitary time. But if your blood sugars are kind of like, and you're not necessarily coming down right away, like that walk to the gym you described, perfect mm -hmm. way to help lower your blood sugar a little bit. The thing is you have to be careful that in that kind of situation, are you lowering your blood sugar too much? So then it affects your actual lift afterwards. So that's yeah. something you have to definitely consider as well. And yeah, everyone's gonna be so different. Cause for me, like it's 10 to 15 minutes. If I'm doing a little bit of low intensity cardio just for that purpose, if I do more than 15 minutes, I'm gonna have to eat glucose tablets before I start lifting weight. So it's so like, you have to really just see what works. Well, and then that gets frustrating for a lot of people because then you end up in almost that pay to play mentality where you're taking in calories just to be able to exercise. And yeah. a lot of people are trying to lose weight. And the whole point is to not necessarily restrict the calories, but to have a set amount and suddenly they're going over because of these lows. Yeah. It's preventing their weight loss. Which I think that question came up the other day, right? I'm trying to let me go back to the cycle because you commented on that. Oh, the hypoglycemic weight gain. Yeah, let's, let's let's dive into that quickly. Oh boy, would you like me to take the take um, the charge? I well, gladly what, will. What do you do, like, in in that situation? Like, what what do you? What do I personally do, or what do or I like, have people do? Yeah, what do you have people do? In like, terms of being low, I guess. Yeah. Like to treat a low or to not gain weight, or why people gain weight from lows, or just right? you know the whole cycle: workout, hypo, overtreat, calories, gets fat. Like, what's your yes. So basically what happens in that situation is you've got somebody, their blood sugar, I would say you're 250, you're hanging out and then take insulin, take insulin, take insulin. And I know I've had this, I'm sure you've had this. And then you suddenly tank and then you're like, oh God, I'm 40. The fridge looks really good. I'm gonna eat everything in the fridge. And so then you suddenly devour everything. Your number then shoots up again and now you're 350. You're taking insulin. Then you take a ton of insulin, ton of insulin, you tank. And it just keeps, this vicious cycle keeps going. And then people then blame insulin as the culprit because they're like, oh, well, you're taking all this insulin. It must be the insulin's fault. When in reality, the, the reason you're gaining weight is simply because you are consuming a ton of calories that you're either A, not accounting for, or B, if you're just, you're just continually eating when you don't necessarily need to be. And then your calorie balance is off. Yeah, that's a vicious cycle. <laughs> it's brutal. It's very brutal. So with people that I work with, um, I tend to advise them and it's painful. It's painful for me to say, and I mean, I sometimes have a hard time with it myself, but I still try to abide by it, is to treat with what you need. If you're 50 and you wanna eat the whole fridge, say, hey, I'm gonna have my 22 grams or however many grams you need, and I'm just gonna ride it out and mm -hmm. sit there because it sucks. You want yeah. to eat everything, but do you also want to, to end up 350? And I mean, from a personal perspective, this happened, God, four years ago or something, I was out of town and I went down to 40. I woke up in the middle of the night and this happens to everybody. But yeah. at some point they had Cocoa Krispies and I had not had Cocoa Krispies. Oh, I don't know, since before I had diabetes and there was like half a box and I was like, well, that's not that many. I'll have a little bit inside so yeah. measure it out. And I just ate the whole half a box of Cocoa Krispies. And you better believe that 40 turned into a 498. Yeah. So you and it, it's shitty too because it's like you're fucking hungry and not a good feeling but yeah, yeah. you, you want to eat everything yeah and what so you have a story of that kind of situation oh i have i've been there personally a bunch i would say but i think yeah patience is the the biggest thing but for me like i'm more the other way i'll i'll tend to rage bolus 
more than I will oh. lows. Yeah. So. But then you end up low. Yes. Yeah. So when you what, tell, talk a little more about this <laughs> thing of yours. So I get really bad anxiety when my sugars are high. So having a Dexcom is great, but also when I see the arrows, even if I'm not high yet, I'll just start rage bolusing. So that's 99% of the time, that's what causes most of my lows. And, but it just becoming aware of it and practicing patience has been huge for me personally. That's like something I'm always working on because the highs just make me feel like shit. I'd rather be low than high, even the lows suck too, but. Wow. Yeah, I know. Because <laughs> well, a lot of the doctors will try to tell you, oh, it's I'd rather you run, especially for kids, I'd rather you run at 210 than run at 70. And mm -hmm. I understand from their perspective, it's a very volatile situation. But at the same time, from a long term perspective, it's 210 is not going to be wonderful. It's, you're, it's not yeah. going to be good for you long term, like an average 210 is what like a nine A1C that's horrible. So it just it, it makes it a little complicated for people to really be able to say, Okay, where would I rather be And in your case, I mean, the anxiety sets in when you are high, like, you just feel like crap. You're lethargic. You don't yeah. want that. And then when you drop down, you're like, great, now I'm low. Yeah. So it's the worst of everything. It really is. <laughs> like real talk. It's so brutal. When you get high, you feel like shit. And then, yeah, like lows, you feel like shit too. But and that balance is also not exactly the easiest thing. Because if it were super easy, then everyone yeah. would be doing it. Well, and then the other thing too is like, a while ago, it's like, I, I forget what I was reading. And it's like 84 people that are not type one, like 80 milligrams per deciliter is norm, like the normal range that you have to be in. So I was like, why am I, why am I set at 100? You know, like I should be 80. But that's, well, that's, that's I think. Yeah. But, yeah, I get it. Like going low, but. What's well, tough, because even like I, I was in that bionic pancreas trial back in 2015. And the, the thing that it was set for like the home level to go back to correct to was 120 and people yeah. were like that's not low enough and from their perspective it's a liability thing too if you yeah. average 120 forever you're great yeah. but if you're sitting at some people want that 4.9 a1c and want to be super 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 micro bolus and super control and i mean if that's how you want to live that's a personal choice but at the same time there's so much more to life than having a perfect straight line dexcom 100 percent oh, yeah because i mean yeah. you can eat cardboard but why well, and I noticed too, because I, oh, I'm always adjusting my basal. So like I have my basal set like a little bit higher. So then I'm pretty much level and then I just bolus for like whatever I need to. I'm always like adjusting it. Well, and it's constant adjustments, at least with the pump. And I feel like that's an advantage over people that are on injections. Is So with the Dexcom, you can see everything, of course. But then with the pump, it's like, oh, you want to take 0.2, go take it. As opposed to with an injection, it's like, oh, I have to take at least half a unit. Yeah. So um, where do you like your sugars to be when you work out? Did you see that? No, I'm on a roll today. Yeah. Um, 120 to 180 is where I perform best. I like sitting, honestly, if I could pick a number, I like sitting around 140 when I work out. Yeah. For so me, I would say probably between, between like 100 and 150 or like 120. It's, it's crazy because like, Sometimes at 100, I feel like I'm shaky and I'm like, this is not going to be a good workout. But then other days at 100, I'm like, good. I'm feeling super great. And then 150, I'm like not feeling super hot. So I think it just depends like the direction my sugars are going to. But I feel like at least from a lot of the time, I know 180 is that threshold where 
your body will start to say, okay, too much glucose, I'm going to start excreting extra glucose through the urine, you're going to get more dehydrated and your performance starts to fall. Yeah. So I, that's yeah. why I say 180 is the top bar. But then for the bottom part, if you're at 140, you still have enough wiggle room. Oh, I can get down to 90, 80, be okay. But I'm also not so high that I'm super close to that performance deterioration too. Yeah, which then brings again, like the type of training you're doing. Like if you're doing cardio, low intensity, you, you probably want to be higher. That or you want to have prepared your insulin ahead of time. So you're yes. not tanking in five seconds. Yeah, <laughs> which is so. hard to do for some people. Oh, it's not easy. Hello, yeah. Tony Castillo, hydrate or dihydrate. My, it's my PSA for the people today is hydrate or dihydrate. Um, if you don't drink enough water, you, your diabetes will not be happy. It's true. Oh, look, water. look at you. Is that a glass? You're so <laughs> fancy. You're so fancy. Um, uh, all right, let me see what oh, else we have. We got another one here. What time of day do you like to exercise? Hmm. I exercise in the morning personally, because I like to get it out of the way. And I like to also not have to deal with as much insulin in the picture. Because if you're working, I'm not saying working out in the afternoon is bad, but you have to consider how much insulin do you still have on board? How much residual do you have from another like meal? How much like how many carbs are still in your system? How much protein? And that way, if you do it in the morning, it's fewer variables. So it works really well for me. It works well for a lot of my clients, but some people work out. I have a client that works out at 10 p.m. every night, loves it. Yeah, I work out in the evenings normally, especially during the week, but it's different all the time. Like sometimes it's in the afternoon, never in the morning. It used to be in the morning, but I like to have chill mornings. <laughs> um, but I, uh, I try to plan it like where I can have a meal afterwards. So then I'm not like, you know. I always make sure I have an actual meal. Not saying that yeah. you can't get away with having a shake or whatever, but a full meal after, absolutely. Yeah, so keep those sugars steady. <laughs> keep the sugars happy, and you're also really hungry most of the yeah. time, so then you're just like, you know. Yeah. Do you constantly um, look at your decks, or do you let your body tell you when you're heading high or low? Um, I mean, I think you have to imagine that your Dexcom's not there, because it's great to have technology, but like, what if someone stole your Dexcom? Now you don't have any way of knowing what your number is. So being very aware of your body is going to help you a lot in terms of like, okay, I know I'm high because I feel a certain way. I know I'm low because I feel a certain way, but at the same time, the Dexcom's there to kind of confirm your notion or, oh, I feel really funky. Let me look. Oh, I'm 87. I'm probably going low versus, oh, I feel weird. Let me look. Oh, I'm 142. I'm fine. Yeah. It's, I, I feel like I, I look at my Dexcom a lot, but I always use how I'm feeling to gauge like what I'm doing. Like last night before bed, I was low. I had one glucose tablet and I was 70 and I, I didn't feel low anymore. So it's like, I'm good. I'm just going to fall asleep. I was fine. But if I still felt like super low, I'd like keep myself awake and like check it again, you know? So, yeah. I mean, and sometimes you have to, you have to, I guess in general, you have to be aware because there was once a time where there was no Dexcom. Yeah, that and you had the test, and like there were times where my body would not let me fall asleep, and I'd be one ten, and I would wonder why. And forty five minutes later, I'd be sixty four. Yeah, so it's crazy. Your body's smart; it's built yeah. for survival. Um. So the next question I have is, um, from Jay Ramos. What what blood sugar should you start at for thirty minutes workout? Best hypo prevention with low calories. That oh. 
Does that make sense? That's a very specific question. What well, blood sugar should you start? I think we we kind of covered, covered the, We did cover the blood but sugar, but not one. but not for thirty minutes. So yeah, it, it depends like what activity you're doing. If you're strength training or doing cardio first, and then yeah. Right? No, I mean, it, it's 100% going to matter the type of activity, you know, the duration here, and then it's the, the intensity with the activity. Like, yeah. are you doing a circuit type workout? Are you doing something that's higher intensity? Are you just walking on a treadmill for 30 minutes? Because that's going to make a huge difference while you're preparing. And then the time of day too, like we just said, that can also impact it. Well, yeah, from a so perspective, from an insulin on board perspective, there's so many different pieces that can affect what you're going to do to prep for that particular workout. And then they said, what else did they say? Like the best low calorie the, hypo? The best hypo pre prevention with low calories. I mean, if we're going strictly for hypos, like you already have a hypo, or if we're talking about like that pre-workout snack type thing that we uh, talked about before, um, right. how I, that's how I would interpret it. I would say you're again, looking for that relatively refined carb source where it's pretty much just straight glucose like that's why tabs are so nice but everyone gets into oh you need glucose tabs but tabs are so relatively expensive they're literally just sugar blobs so you might as well get skittles yeah i i take glucose tablets but i know they're not very healthy too they're full of shit <laughs> but they have 15 calories per tablet but, but like, if it's if, if it's prevention like i yeah something substantial before your workout will would be better because then you're like not eating empty calories too right I mean, to an extent, but at the same time, from a glucose tab perspective, you're looking at something that if you have it 15 minutes before, let's uh, say yeah. you're, you're 90, you you're, well, yeah, it's going to hit you faster, which is yeah. good. And then from a calorie perspective, it's just straight sugar. So you're not getting fat. You're not getting protein. Yeah. Not that that's necessarily a horrible thing, but if you're strictly going for performance and going for preventing that low, it'll hit you the fastest. But tabs yeah. are just which, gross. Yeah. But that, I guess that brings time into effect too. Like if it's right before you work out, then you need some quick carbs. But if you have time to plan it out. It oh, if you have time, I mean, eat something better. But if you don't have time, I mean, again, I, I think tabs are glorious, but they also taste like chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> so I would rather yeah. like, I would rather have a Skittle or I would rather have those gels are really good. The transcend gels are great, but at the I same time, those. oh, they're so good. I love them. But, um, but beyond that, like literally anything, like candy corn sometimes is my go-to because there's nothing else in it. It's literally the same ingredient as glucose tabs. And yeah. it tastes nasty, so you're not going to overeat it. All right. Do you have a question? What number should you go for if you are doing something higher intensity like weight training? Um, I mean, going into a weight training workout, if you're doing something like a leg day or something like that, um, I mean... I'd say if you're 90 or 100, 110, you're probably fine. Because if you if you're the 10 that trends, if you're the type of person that trends to go, tends to go up or trend upward with a lift, then it's okay to start a little bit lower. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, and then good books on exercise and diabetes. Did you ever read Diabetic Muscle and Fitness Guide by Phil Graham? I like that I, one. Though. I think that one's solid. No, I have not. Um, it's good. But from an athlete perspective for workouts, I know Sherry Kohlberg has a diabetic athlete and she just dropped a new edition and it's got like 170 different activities or something like that from like 
lifting to like any sport to dancing to like taking a hike to like walking around cool. like examples people that do them what to do like it's really it's basically like an encyclopedia of straight knowledge and i mean she's also really cool but beyond that it's really good resource i would say in terms of a starting point where it's not going to be overwhelming in your face but it's also going to give you comprehensive everything you need that's that's a good i haven't read that one so that's that's my personal opinion out of those um i will say her older book but that one's the same book it's just now better <laughs> um so i mean no that to me would be the best option for for this type of stuff the next best option is talking to me or to you the community. You know, there's always so much we can learn from each other too like, oh 100 percent. and like i've learned a ton just from the people i work with like they teach me all sorts of like new things i'm like i didn't even know this existed yeah so thank you cool <laughs> so, um and then best snack foods uh for both blood sugars and fitness I'm trying to think of how that question, what that, like, I'm assuming they mean for performance or they just mean um, to be, to look sexy. Yeah, I guess it depends on your, because I don't know the exact fitness goal, whether it's weight loss or, you know, maintenance. Or, but yeah. Um, I would say, ooh, that's tough. I mean, I could just, we could just, I would just say go to your go-to snack. What's your go-to snack? My go-to snack? You say avocado toast. We're not friends anymore. I love avocado toast, but <laughs> I, I eat. But I, th I think my go-to snack would be like um, Greek yogurt. Probably I get the. Is it the faggy faggy? It's the hundred. I don't know how to pronounce it, but that's faggy. Yeah, sure. <laughs> oh my god. So Greek yogurt or like. At least you didn't say phage. I would have died. <laughs> no. <laughs> I dr I have the phage yogurt. You're like, excuse me? Like, I'm sorry, who are you? I don't know you. <laughs> How'd I end up on this live? Um, but I, I also try to stick to, like, more complex carbs when I'm snacking, too. Like? Mm, I love the Fiber One brownies. I'm, I like those. Or, like, I'll even have toast and peanut butter or something. Solid. Okay. Which probably isn't good if you want to lose weight, but... <laughs> um, Fit it into your nutrition plan and everything is fine. Yeah. I had a plate of nachos yesterday. Do you yeah. think that fit into most nutrition plans? No, but did I make it? hundred yeah. percent. Well, you, yeah, you could. That's the beauty too, right? You can make anything fit into your plan if you're smart and you prepare. Yeah, which um, yeah. Takes my favorite snack are those wisps with their Parmesan cheese crisps. They're yeah. so good. RIP. There we go. How no. many carbs do they have? How many carbs they have? You ready for this? They have zero grams of carbs. Nice. And no. they're just straight really? protein. Really? Zero? Little, yeah. Zero carbs? Protein, a little bit of fat. They're phenomenal. Yum. We're in my pantry right now. Here, let's see if oh, I can flip it. Hey, high pantry. This is and what course, Ben eats on the reg. <laughs> so we got, we got peanut butter right here. My you know. favorite. Got some of the protein bars. We got more peanut butter up here. I actually had originally made my shelves by macronutrients, so don't judge me. You do? Oh, my God. I did. I, it's not good so right funny. now. This was the carb shelf. It, See, there's mac and cheese. It's um, like when people color code their closet, but it, yours is with macro foods. Exactly. So this, honestly, <clears throat> is my favorite carb source because you can eat it for snack. You can make them savory, but you also can make them for oats. Like, sweet. Yeah, you can make savory oats. They're phenomenal. If you haven't mm. tried them, I highly recommend. 10 out of 10. 
That sounds delicious. Do you like um, steel cut or old fashioned? Those were literally just like the cylinder you buy at Wally World. Okay. So I don't think I, we have Wally World here. You totally do have Wally World. Walmart. Wally. Walmart. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> just not, I, I, not I buy my, my, my not fade, by my house. I buy my phage yogurt at Wally <laughs> World, but we don't have Wally World here. Oh That's God. funny. Um, okay, so I have one more one more question. Sure. Um carb cravings. Eats low carb veggies. This her name's Natalie. Eats low carb veggies, um, protein for meals, and she's always craving desserts. They aren't the worth the roller coaster blood sugars, but I can't stop craving at night. I mean, I love desserts too. Yeah. Um I mean, I think the cravings are something that probably stem from, I don't want to say a lack of nutrition across the board, but it tends to be something where there's a deficiency elsewhere. So your body's like, feed me, feed me, feed me. <laughs> so there tends to be an underlying reason for that. And I think the first step would be to work with somebody that can help you identify what that reason is. And once you find out what the reason is, then, okay, the craving should start to slow down and or stop. Yeah, I, I agree. Because for me personally, I used to be so restrictive with my food to the point where like I went crazy and I restricted so many things restricted. I tried to like not eat any carbs and those were the things that I craved the most. So as soon as I allowed more flexibility into my diet and started counting macros instead of like eliminating one food group, it changed everything. Cause I was like, Oh, I can actually eat this. So now I, I don't want it. You know, like it, it's weird. It's like a mindset thing for me anyways. Well, because you want what you can't have. So if you yeah. say, oh, I can't have a cupcake, then you're going to just want a cupcake. And then the moment you do get your hands on a six pack of cupcakes, you're eating all six of them. Yeah. And so the thing is, then when you say, oh, yeah, I can have this whenever I want, and it's sitting in your pantry, and you can say, oh, I have a bag of chips, I'll just have a serving. You're not concerned, you're going to go crazy and eat the entire bag at one time. Yeah, or it's like, oh, it's just one time. So I'm just gonna eat the whole entire bag and then get back on track tomorrow. It's like, that's how I was. But it's not how it works. Well, because then you end up punting today, then you oh. punt tomorrow, then you punt yeah. the next day, and suddenly it's like, oh, I just punted the last three weeks, and now I'm completely derailed from my mission and my plan. And that's the hardest part is people staying on track with what they're doing because they say, oh, I'll just take today off. And not to say you can't take days off, but you have to be able to build it and get to the point where it's so second nature to include these foods that you enjoy in your nutrition plan. Yeah, no, totally. And that's what's missing, I feel like, in a lot of diets it's like just that one thing of like not eliminating things that we think are bad <laughs> oh 100 right? yeah. percent. and no food is good or bad it is literally just food it is energy it didn't do anything to make you angry if you're angry about a certain food you gotta think about why it makes you angry because it definitely wasn't the food's fault yeah no like, totally. like even if it's like oh this had trans fat my grandma had a heart attack it's like your grandma chose to eat the trans fat be mad at your grandma not the food you yeah. know so and, yeah Everything in moderation. <laughs> to an extent, yeah. yeah. I would agree. Um, do you have what questions do you have? That's it for me, I think, on here. Um, the main question I had was a very broad question. It was what is the best diet to keep your blood sugars happy was basically the question. And whew, you can you can start on that. I'm very strongly opinionated on this topic. Yeah, I think well, there's so many things that you have to look at, but if it's just like a generic like because it's not like a one-size-fits-all approach but just the generics would be finding more like eating more complex carbs 
instead of just always eating like more simple carbs all the time, you know, like just trying to find that balance mm. um, between complex, like, you know, there's just so many things. But I would say if you're filling up on complex carbs, mostly and high fiber foods with most of your meals, and then you it just keeps you full longer, you don't have as many cravings, you can kind of eat whatever you want in between. That's how I look at it. So but there's so many things like, yeah. Well, if I'm going to be a good little dietitian, I'm going to go bring out my little plate and show you how half of it is vegetables <laughs> and fruits and a quarter of it's lean. No, fuck that. Basically, the thing is, it's about what works best for you. Yeah. Literally, I have people doing keto. I have people eating 400 carbs a day. It literally is dependent on you, your lifestyle, <laughs> your goal, and ultimately what is sustainable. Because if you can't sustain it, it doesn't matter if I give you the best thing in the world. If it doesn't work for you or you can't maintain it, it's not going to make a damn bit of difference. So yeah. honestly, the best diet is the one that you can adhere to on a regular basis without feeling like it's pulling teeth every day. It's, yeah, that's so true. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Right? Yes, absolutely. Yes. No, that's, that's how it is. Like if I yeah. tell you this is the best diet in the whole wide world, it's going to mm. be so great. And it's like, you can't do it because it tastes horrible then what what am i doing i'm doing you a disservice and you're doing yourself a disservice and you're gonna get frustrated and pissed and then you're not gonna get anywhere yeah all i want is for you to get results yeah and i think that's what i well what i've experienced and experienced with a lot of people i work with too it's like you try to stick to one thing and then you fall off the wagon and it's like it doesn't work you know or it's like i can't lose weight but it's because whatever you're doing isn't actually fitting in with your lifestyle so you either end up craving things or you're just it's not sustainable in the long term. No, and you have to look at it. You, you can look at it as, oh, I want to lose 20 pounds. I'm going to do what I need to do now. But at the same time, if you're not at the same time, ugh, if you are not at the same time doing the things you need to do to sustain it forever, then again, you're doing yourself a disservice. And that's why all these fad <laughs> diets, you've got people, oh, I'm going to have a detox tea for 21 days. I just okay. lost 20 pounds. They get back on their normal diet because, well, I lost 21 pounds and suddenly they gain back the 21 pounds and they're pissed. That was me. Yeah, they're pissed. Yeah. yeah. Because they're like, oh, that was cool. I'm so skinny. And then suddenly now you feel like crap and you feel worse because you just mm -hmm. spent all that time, effort, energy, and probably money to do yeah. sanity. It's like trying to stick to eating nothing, eating air. Yeah, exactly. You might as well with everything out there. It's like, don't eat carbs, don't eat sugar, don't eat fat. Are you going to eat the damn grass outside? Like, that's all that's safe these days. And that's not even safe. So someone will yell at you about pesticides. So, like, you got to figure out what is going to work best for you and at the same time like you're going to hear whispers in every single different area saying don't do it because of this don't do it because of that mm -hmm. at the end of the day i mean if you're eating twinkies every day and egg whites i don't necessarily condone it but if you're reaching your nutrition goals i mean i can work with you if we uh, on food variety until you eventually get there mm -hmm. yeah it's all you're about not. calories at the end of the day but right. now I've... i feel like now we're going off on a tangent <laughs> oh no this is a great tangent because i could go on this forever this is what yeah. this is my like well and it, it is an important topic too because this is something that so many people struggle with without even realizing it because when i was stuck in that position it's like i didn't know all of the little details that seem so simple now that you know them mm -hmm. but in that moment it's like you just think about a diet and like why can't i lose weight or why can't i you know well, yeah, and you go online and you look at the weight calculator, the calorie calculator, and it says, oh, I should be able to eat 3,100 calories. And then you go eat that much, and then you gain 27 pounds. And you're like, why did I gain 27 pounds? So I could eat that much. It's like, because you probably suppressed your metabolism down the toilet. And once it's suppressed, if you don't fix it properly, you're going to gain weight, and you're going to not be happy with the result. 
Yeah. Or like on the other end of the spectrum, it's like 1200 calories will put you in a deficit. It's like, I tried following that, not realizing that, you know, a deficit for me was actually like 15 or 1600. <laughs> so I completely messed up my metabolism that way. Well, people will cut too fast. They'll say, oh, well, this magazine said I'll lose 22 pounds in mm -hmm. 24 days if I do exactly this diet. And I remember seeing one when I was in, God, I don't know, 10th or 11th grade. And I was like, this looks really cool. I never ended up doing it. I don't know why. I think because, like, my parents wouldn't buy the foods in the magazine, which is probably for, for the best. But <laughs> it, was, it was some – I did the math after the fact. And it was, like, 1,600 calories. Like, no duh, you're going to lose as a dude eating a bunch of crap. You suddenly eat super clean, per se, <laughs> eating 1,500 calories. Yeah, you're going to drop a ton of weight. But the second you go back, you're done because you have to figure out that exit plan of, okay – your metabolism's here, you're doing this, but now how are you gonna get back to a living area where you're not gonna say, oh, I wanted, I looked at an Oreo and gained five pounds. Yeah, and just not even like, being able to look at an Oreo and not crave it, you know? Or just have one because it's not, it's like you're not eliminating that completely from your diet. Or say, hey, I'm gonna fit 12 Oreos into my day yeah. today because and I feel like it and I worked out hard and, and you can. feel guilty about it, but also yeah. then realize that you can stop at 12 Oreos. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's definitely something it's a little bit outside of the box. And I mean, yeah. I personally love Oreos, especially they have a peanut butter Supreme one. Oh my God. It's so good. I haven't tried well, it. You need to try it. <laughs> it will change your life. But like, you want to be able to have that freedom to say, yes, I'm going to have this. I'm going to be okay with having this. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to eat the entire package. And I'm not going to shame myself for, oh, I had Oreos. Now I'm going to go do cardio. Like you need to be okay oh, yeah. with it, building it in because people get a very skewed relationship with food, especially in the diabetes sphere. Yeah, and that's another thing too, is like um, exercising just to burn those calories can just mess you up totally. Uh, that is a conversation that is down a very deep rabbit hole that yeah. I would love to get into, but this I'm, is not the forum for it. Yeah, yeah, there's but just so many things. Or, and also sphere. too is, you know, when you think about like, eating healthy for your fitness goals, but then diabetes on top of it, it's like people don't necessarily think like, oh, I can fit in and eat a whole pizza if I want to. You know, it's not something that people are actually think about, but it's like, you can, you can do it and not feel guilty about it. If you know what you're doing and you yeah. understand the process and how to dose and everything. Oh, that's a whole nother thing, yeah, but. Right, that's but very doable, but. Physique-wise. Well, physique-wise, I mean, yeah, is it ideal? I mean, it depends on what you're doing. But from a diabetes standpoint, even, it's like if you know what you're doing, you know how to dose, you know, you, like yesterday I ate that entire thing of nachos that I posted, and it was, oh, man, it was amazing. And then they said, hey, we're giving away donuts, so we're going to throw them out, and there's a donut bakery next door. I'm well, like, That happened yeah. to me, like, a couple months ago. Oh, good. And they were, like, from the best. I literally will only eat voodoo donuts or donuts from Doe, and Doe is next door. And so I ate two donuts, and I was like, you know what? I ate a plate of nachos and two donuts, and – I didn't feel bad. And I was like, this is great. My mm -hmm. blood sugars went like this. And then, well, actually, they went more like this. And then yeah. came back to normal. But either way, like, I didn't feel bad. I used that to power my workout today. It was extra intensive. And mm -hmm. I like donuts. Yeah. Yeah. Who doesn't? I mean, there are people that don't. Okay. Next question. My biggest problem is not knowing what my calorie intake should be at all and what percentage my macros should be. That's a very individualized question. That's yes. a question where it's like, we can have the conversation, but like, until I know a lot more about you, I can't give you any recommendations. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's not a good look for anyone involved. Yeah, because you want to look at like, 
you know, your past dieting history and your, where you're at now, what are you, what your activity levels like? There's just so many variables. And then when it comes to macros too, the big breakdown will be different for everyone. Well, that's, yeah, that's what I was trying to say before. Blood sugars, yeah. It's like my blood sugars might do great at 30% carbs. You might do well at 60%. And then protein is going to be a separate thing depending on what kind of person you are, what kind of goals you have. So, I mean, yeah. again, it's, I can't give a specific answer without knowing your situation. Yeah. And if, and if even, I mean, I can give you a very general recommendation, but it's not going to necessarily get you the optimal results, but get, then again, what you put in is what you get out. So. Yeah. There's a bunch of things you want to dive into. <laughs> I mean, I could go on for hours on here and it would be fun. And then I could be like, Oh, let's charge people $10 and learn all the nutritional things. But you know, I, what would be so fun is to like, do the well we should do these more often and but what i was thinking too is like imagine doing like you know like coaching every now and then and just like have someone come on for like five minutes and like give them some tips like answer hot seats. like who wants to do a hot seat not right now i'd be down i mean i could do that that'd be fun that'd be really fun just grill them on here <laughs> and then have that benefit everybody yeah yeah i'd be down i can you can be my first hot seat no i'm just kidding i wouldn't do that to you I, right, I have a serious question for you, though. Yeah. Is Muscle Beach open again? I don't know. I have no idea. <sighs> I'll have to go. I'll have to go on the grant or online and look because I have. I don't go to Venice that often. Oh, okay. But if anyone knows, if anyone knows if Muscle Beach is open, let us know. Because I thought you were about to say. What? I thought you were about to say when you said I had to go online. I thought you were going to say you had to go on the World Wide Web, and I was going to lose my mind. <laughs> I have to go on the World Wide Web. <laughs> Wide Web. I love when people call it the World Wide Web. Like, I don't know why they don't do it that much anymore. It's a very underrated term. That's funny. Up there with I'm, I'm going to start saying that from now on. The you better, Wide otherwise Wide. I'll be very disappointed in you. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Great. So I think that's okay. all we got for right now. Yeah. Solid, solid little live we got going on. Yeah, I don't even know how long that was, but my phone's at 10%, so that's perfect. Well, this is a beautiful timing thing then. So yeah, yeah, let's do this. Let's do this some more. This was grand. Yeah. Thanks everyone for joining. Yeah. Thank you for the questions. Yeah. If you have more questions, you can find you. me at man of zeal, M-A-N-O-F-T-Z-E-E-L. Like man of steel. With a T-Z. Yes. Okay. Awesome. I'll talk cool. I'll soon. talk to you later. See you guys. Bye y'all. Bye. How did you enjoy that episode? I hope that you found it helpful and I hope that you found some of the tips beneficial and I hope that it just brought some more clarity to questions that maybe you've had or maybe people that you know have had. I hope that it just kind of gave you a little bit more information that was useful to you. That is what I hope. And if you did like it, if it wasn't weird listening to a IG live on this podcast, then let me know. I'd love to hear from you and I'd love to know like what you thought about it. And one of the goals with this podcast, I'm kind of, I've been changing the mission a little bit in the last couple of weeks. I feel like July was such a crazy month. And if you have felt like a heaviness in July, just Whew, let it go because we're now in August and I heard somewhere recently that August is a month of reflection and that July was kind of like a big tidal wave and now we're just supposed to kind of be and reflect and so I'm I'm really just kind of 
moving into more of a reflection mode at the moment. And so I wasn't going to say anything, but I might as well tell you, we are going to be changing the mission of the podcast a little bit, and I'm super excited. And we're going to be looking into just opening up the podcast to bring in more more conversations with like-minded people that can inspire us and motivate us and empower us to live our best lives and achieve our goals. So I want I would love to hear from you and I'd love to know what you thought about this episode even though it was kind of like a behind the scenes. And if you are interested in connecting with Ben, you can find him on social media on Instagram. His handle is at man of zeal with a T. So I'll just spell that for you. M-A-N-O-F, man of, and then T-Z-E-E-L or Z if you are, I don't know if you're Canadian or American. I say Z, but man of to zeal, (laughs) man of, man of zeal. And his name is Ben Zeal. And yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm pronouncing that right. Anyways, and you can also find his website at yourdiabetesinsider.com. But I think one of the best places to connect with him is on his IG. So be sure to check him out. And again, I hope that you enjoyed this episode and I hope that you have an amazing weekend and I'll talk to you next week. Same day, same time.